watching the Star Wars Friends Podcast Razor Crest Reaction Starting in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is the This is the way. Watching the Star Wars Friends podcast Razor Crest React Show covering each episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. Don't forget to subscribe and join the conversation every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends. Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? This is the way. You're joining the first ever Razor Crest React Show on the Star Wars Friends Podcast. My name is Christopher Marinin. Welcome. This is exciting. I have goosebumps. I don't know if you can see. I got goosebumps. Uh, I'm so excited to be joined by my Star Wars friends. Speaking of which, who is joining me this amazing evening? This is Josh, and I think I'm going to go to the Humane Society and pick me up a sand dog. Ooh! <laughs> That's the informal name I'm giving him. Uh, and this is Justin, and I have a 4K LED TV, and after that episode, I need to go get a bigger 4K OLED TV, because that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. This is Maggie, and they are called Massives. Oh, yes. are they? Okay. Are they? Okay. <laughs> and joining us is our very good OG Star Wars friend, Mr. Kevin Cabral. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Hello, everybody. Kevin Cabral, Funkboard Vader. I'm wearing my uh, Ewok sweater. I love it. It's got some Japanese lettering on it. I'm feeling Murder bears. And I'm feeling better about last night's episode. I'm feeling so good about last night's episode. Or this morning, whenever you you know, whenever, right? Uh, I am rocking my Trans Right Matter shirt, Maggie. Heck yeah. I don't know if you see this here. That makes me so happy. I love that. So I, you know, we can start off with a few different things. There's a lot going on here uh, right now. So for for the fundraiser, Maggie, if you want to give out where people can find the fundraiser, if you make a forty dollar donation or more starting today, I will send you one of these t-shirts for Ooh, sure. That for is real. fantastic. Chris. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and give out the info for your fundraising. Talk about Variety Magazine. What? Yeah. What? So uh, yeah, totally crazy thing happened. Uh, it happened like three weeks ago, did not know it happened, accidentally stumbled across it. Uh, we got mentioned in the, I think, three weeks ago episode of Variety that had Pedro Pascal on the cover. Um, oh, and we got this nice little shout out. I still have no idea why I was the only one mentioned because Candace and Eric were also involved in the whole Star Wars fandom. But it's super cool that the cause that we worked on got mentioned in a huge publication. And I'm really hoping that means that more people will kind of look up what was going on, find out more and see that our fundraiser is still going to be running for the next eight weeks. Uh, we just announced that we will be closing it December 20th, which is two days after the season finale of The Mandalorian. So please make your donations, share it. Um, if you're on a podcast or on a live stream, uh, we will provide you with all sorts of talking points, some graphics to use. Uh, we really want to get the word out so that we can continue to show that we are here for that community. Um, I think it's really important um, that we continue to show our support. You can find it on uh, my page, Maggie of the Town. It's a pinned uh, post. It's over on GoFundMe. Um, and yes, <laughs> Candace is in the comments and talking about it as well. 
Um, but yes, uh, super important that we um, kind of keep it out there and keep it moving. So how much money I, have you raised so far? Um, we're up to 10,642, I think yeah. when I checked this morning and we've got steady donations over the last week and a half or so. So that's awesome. super that's happy awesome. to see that people are still talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you donate from now until episode three of the Mandalorian, I will send you one of these shirts here. $40 donation. will get you one of these shirts. So if you do a hundred dollar donation, I'll get you a hoodie. Uh, so that's awesome that's awesome so good work maggie you are in variety friggin magazine with your boy pedro pascal uh that is so cool that is so cool when that realization like that realization hit me because i was like oh it's so cool it's like on the online like variety website and then i was like wait a second i was like trying to rack my brain because i used to work at a newspaper and i was like if it's in that day that means it was in the magazine that came out the day before and i was just like (laughs) that's so crazy so it was so surreal totally weird it's a it's a it's a great cause and it's something that we all stand for so um yeah this is this is great this is the way this is the way so very good very good all right whoa whoa we got it we are here we are here now listen covid era of the the world is just so brutal. It's so depressing. We got this 24 hour a day constant news cycle that is absolutely depressing. But of course the Mandalorian is here to save the day and rescue all of our hopes and dreams and give us something positive to talk about. So I'm happy that we get to discuss this tonight, have a really positive distraction for everybody. We need it. All everyone alive needs something positive right now. So uh, the Marshall episode one. Season two, The Mandalorian. Let's dive into our initial reactions. This is a reaction show, right? That's what it's all about. So I'm going to kick it off to our guest, Mr. Kevin Cabral, to give (laughs) us the reaction. What was your initial reaction here? I, oh man. So, okay, context. Stayed up until 3 a.m. because that's when it came out. (laughs) I'm an EST, which is not uncommon for me at the moment. I have like the worst sleep schedule, but I am also 19 years old. So this is what comes with the territory. And I was up and I was watching it with my friends on the little group watch feature. And just the entire time, the first like 15 minutes are just Easter egg heaven, right? From R5, otherwise known as Red, the one with the bad motivator at the beginning of A New Hope, to, I mean, you know, okay, let's get into it. The armor, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that was like, that was very much out there. It's hard to not know what that is. But then you've got stuff like, a pod racer wing from so cool. Anakin's pod racer. So cool. I'm like, dude, what are Goosebumps. you getting? Goosebumps. <laughs> it Love was it. just, it was, it was so many Easter eggs all over the place. I mean, it was, but the episode of, I mean, I also, so I convinced one of my friends who didn't want to stay up to watch it. And then I looked at the time and I was like, oh my God, Mike, it's an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and my heart leapt for joy, and I could just hear Mike going like, "Oh, I got a nine a.m." Like, <laughs> right, you know. No. But, but I'm glad we all stayed up because it was a blast. I mean, it was yes. so, so good. That's I. I just had a lot of fun. That's oh, my reaction. So much fun, right? So much yeah, fun. So much oh, I love it. Now, Josh, you just you are like the most fresh fresh on this episode mm-hmm. i don't know how you waited all day to watch this it would have driven me insane i mean what's your fresh reaction on this i got so damn close to boba fett on a 
fucking dragon yeah! and didn't get it. So close. Yes. Yes. So close. Oh, no. It was incredible. Uh, you know, obviously, the ending and um, the armor and that really pivotal moment where he takes the helmet off and sets it on the table. One, oh. signifying to Mando that he's not a Mando. And two, and right. then you get a, it's your first real good look that it, yeah, that's Boba Fett's helmet. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. Yes. It, yeah. I mean, there's so many, like, like Kevin said, all of the Easter eggs, although I'm going to push my glasses up and say that I don't know if it was Anakin's pod because it Ooh. was red and his wasn't red, but it could be, it is the Fair. same design. Fair. So I th had the same thought I had to, I like, was like Googling. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say everything because I want everyone to, but yeah, those were that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, as you can see, I'm still Just heavily processing. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot yeah. to take. And it was a great episode. Justin, you were quiet in the group text today. I mean, I didn't even, I, I know that you liked it, but what's your reaction to the show? I, I was busy recording some audio a little earlier and doing some other things uh, around here. But um, no, I loved, I watched it uh, this morning. Um, you know, I think we got to change that, that art logo that we got with Boba Fett on the dragon. So now it needs to be Cobb Vanth running away from a dragon <laughs> or something like that. I think that might be a little bit more on point, but um yes. No, I I loved it because the big thing with um the big thing with Mandalorians versus like stormtroopers, stormtroopers just crank out armor and it's just it's one size fits all and they just wear it. So in in Star Wars, right? But but Mandalorian armor is made to fit the specific Mandalorian and seeing Timothy Oliphant in that armor, which is clearly too small for him. Yeah. was awesome. It yes. like the shoulder things were too small, the chest piece was too small. And all I could sit there is going, thinking, all I was thinking was, man, I can't wait to see the cosplays of Cobb Vance <laughs> yeah, now right? when we go to Celebration in 2022. Oh, yeah. And, and that he's actually been on screen now. Like, he's a yeah. real, real character, character not yeah. just a, a book that you don't have an image of. He's, a, been a, he's a, now a character on screen that you can create a, a costume for, which using those who have Boba Fett armor already, you got to muck it up a little bit more, but you're there. It looks, it's such there. a cool look. It's such a cool yeah. look with the red bandana. It's very Western, very Western. Mm -hmm. I will get into that yeah. on this episode. This was the spaghetti Western of all Mandalorian episodes, but how cool, how cool. He's so tall. So tall. <laughs> He's so tall. Right. It didn't fit. Yeah. No. no, it's funny. Maggie, we didn't get to see Pedro's face. That's okay. Are you okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm All fine. Right. I'm fine. Okay. I got to see him with the Olafan face. And <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so you got Constellation to see the face too. Yeah. Yeah. True. So what yeah. did you think? I was so excited. So for anyone who who like didn't follow me on social media, I did like a, a 10 hour social media like cleanse because I knew that it was going to be everywhere. And for once I didn't want to be spoiled. Um, but I like, I wake up a lot in like the middle of the night. And so I kept waking up from dreams that I had seen the episode already. Yeah. And so, and it was like, just like totally trippy, like totally not at all like the episode. So like, then it was finally like time to wake up and I had my alarm clock set to go off with, um, the Mandalorian main theme. So I was like kid on Christmas day, like living yes. my life. Yes. Um, started watching the episode just like absolutely like oh my god it was so good to be back in that universe and i was so happy to be back in tatooine i know people on you know social media man i was super excited to see that so excited to see like familiar faces i love seeing din's like kind of shift about droids just ah uh, so much then timothy oliphant came on the screen and that's like <laughs> all i've thought about all day 
Yeah, he was fantastic. Oh, he, so was, he was he was fantastic. He uh, yes, is, is that a, is that a pun? Can I use that now? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Good. I know. Uh, I was so happy to see Cobb, and like my first thought was Chuck Wendig and like the aftermath mm-hmm. and stuff. So excited! Like I'm sure it's bittersweet for him to see that character on screen. For sure, for sure. It uh, it definitely brings that synergy together that we always talk about on this show. The story group finally starting to come together, making a lot of great decisions here. Obviously, it's spearheaded by Favreau Filoni as uh, Josh is rocking on his shirt tonight. Uh, that is the dream team. That is the dream team for sure. Um, I just want to say this. I just want to say this. Boba Fett is alive. And y'all can suck it, okay? I'm you so can suck it. That's true. It's final. You it's can't. final. It's not final. that we will, by the way. So take it can. off of Wikipedia. It's, it's, take it off everywhere. You know, Boba Fett is not literal. alive. He's alive. No, I mean, yeah, a lot of updates. A lot of. Updates. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I don't know. He's either dead or alive. Well, hey, confirm, baby. Schrodinger's Boba like Fett that. is no more. Oh God! And I just literally, I got so aggressively happy, I burst into goosebumps again. This was, uh, this was such. What if it's another fake out though? Oh, no. <laughs> it's right. Captain Rex. It's me, Captain Rex. Come on! Oh my God! If that happened, I just. <laughs> Well, he'd have hair, though. He'd have hair, though, because Tamora Morrison at the end had no hair whatsoever. Oh, yeah. No eyebrows. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, he Which was. I mean, we know full. We know that Captain Rex is technically in, uh, what is it, the Battle of Endor, right? Yes. They've retro. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they made it all so that the guy with the white beard is, is Captain Rex. So, I right. mean. What's the other clone that survived, though? Mm, there were a few. Yeah, there was yeah. Gregor and Wolf. Gregor, Gregor and Wolf were in yeah, Rebels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but they're around. He, so, <laughs> so here's the Gregor's, thing. Uh, it's uh, and and Drake, uh, aka Derek, my uh, my good friend Derek. Yeah, I'm an R.L. Stein <laughs> fan. Back off, bro. I used to have all the Goosebumps books. Uh, <laughs> but listen, this episode was so large in scope. It was so big in scope. It started off like this gangster movie with Gore Koresh and. They're in the, the 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 fight club, and that was so crazy. And then it goes to the spaghetti western back on Tatooine. Y'all know I didn't like the Tatooine episode, the first go around, but this was so much better. And mm-hmm. it just got larger of a of a scope as the episode went on, even though they were just still in Tatooine. It felt so huge, and I don't know if that was just the uh, integration of the Tuscan Raider Society with the um, the Mos Pelgo Society. And then having them battle a crate dragon. We saw a crate dragon on screen. This is something that we've we've heard the noises forever, and now we get to see it spewing weird acid Kool-Aid on everybody. And like, dude, it was so good. And then, of course, it goes to that letterbox format right at the end. You think, oh, those credits are going to roll. Those credits are going to roll. And then you just see the back of Boba He's alive. <laughs> Leave me alone. I told you. I he told let, you. I he told turned you. around and I screamed. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I am gonna break this microphone from excitement. I, I told y'all, you cannot have a show called The Mandalorian and not bring back Boba Fett. And for all you haters that are like, he's the worst character in Star Wars, they are going to give him such an epic tale in this in this series. Whether it pans out the rest of the season or next, he's now part of the story. And I think he's going to play a major impact on the future of this character, Din Djarin, that we all love. So anyways, 
That's my reaction. You, I have to tell you about Boba Fett. So Tab's, <laughs> mo- Tab's mom was over, and I came downstairs after it was over, and I said, did you hear? And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Boba Fett's alive. <laughs> and, and, and Tab goes, my mom doesn't know who Boba Fett is. And she goes, isn't he that stormtrooper-looking dude with the green armor? And I was like, she knows. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good enough. Josh is like, it. have you heard about my lord and savior, Boba Fett? <laughs> are you prepared for a Boba's return? So do we think that the the people or the person we saw was then Timothy Oliphant's character at the end of that, the Finnick Shand episode? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think, okay. well, who knows? I mean, or was it? I didn't hear no, the I Spurs think probably though. Boba. Exactly. Yeah. I did. There's one did shot. You? There's one okay, shot. I heard, and okay. they're walking. It's after they've decided to team up. And I believe it's when they're getting ready to head out to meet the Tusken Raiders. And there's a shot of both of their, their feet. Okay. And it's okay. it's not incredibly distinct, but it is there. And it's only so I was one listening shot. when he walked into the bar yeah. at first. Mm. Like he first shows up in the doorway it. and he like walks yeah. in because that was the quietest part and I didn't hear it at all. And I was like, mm. okay, so there's no spurs. So right. it can't be him. I was like, well, who the heck is it then? So I don't know. Yeah. I'll go back. I only got one watch in. I'm gonna get more. Yeah, like yeah. Tim, too, leave Jar Jar alone. Tim, no, <laughs> leave Jar Jar alone. Who is it? Talking about? Listen, Jar Jar at the end. We yeah, all know. know. We all know who the worst so, character is in Star Wars. It's Beaumont. It yeah, is Beaumont. It is Beaumont. Don't you don't you listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast? I mean, we, we tell the truth here. We only tell the truth here. It's Beaumont is the worst character in Star Wars. So uh, Tim Tim might be into some dark science though. That might be. The <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so. Let's walk through the episode here, and I'm going to try to pull up some screen grabs. I had a little bit of technical difficulties with these prior to the show, so we'll see what we got in order here. Uh, we have Mr. Gore Koresh here. Let's share it. Y'all see Gore Koresh. Now, Kevin and I both thought in the trailer for season two that it was voiced by John Favreau. Turns out mm-hmm. John Leguizamo is Gore Koresh, the gangster Gore Koresh who has a striking resemblance to Danny DeVito when he walks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone notice that? Yeah, it's like, he's it, running away. It's yeah. very Danny DeVito. It's very funny. Um, this act, this episode actually felt a lot like a Clone Wars episode. Very, kind of, very yeah. comic-y, very... Uh, in, Gore Koresh definitely had a comic vibe to him. Those Gamorreans were very skinny. Uh, that's something we saw in the trailer. But I thought the battle was cool. I thought those vibro axes were cool. Do you guys like mm-hmm. the Gamorrean pieces? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah was fun. I mean, I didn't see a flying elbow uh, off the top rope like Macho Man Randy Savage, so I was kind of <laughs> upset. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's it's sweet. <laughs> okay, uh, well, no, we did see the one Gamorian jump over the top rope into the uh, like he yeah. jumped mm-hmm. at the Mando. That was a wrestling move. That was a pure. That would be move. called a tope suicido. That's what that's called. But, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, so that was cool. Now, Gore Koresh, he had some information about where to find Mandalorians playing hardball. And we got to see those whistling birds, which, of course, the cute moment with baby Yoda just hitting the little button and sneaking in his little uh, feel that moment pram. every single morning. Oh, it's so cute. But how did you feel about this whole scene? I, I got a I, like I keep saying it's a gangster. It felt very gangster to me, which is a total genre. Anyone have any? Does anyone care about Gore Crash? Gore Crash is going to where they were. What planet that was? 
They did not. No. So I thought I just liked when they he was walking in though, and it's, the streets are all dark, and you just see those glowing eyes along the side. Yeah. And you basically, it's like stay, oh, yeah, you have to stay eyes. in the light. Um, yeah. But the artwork on the sides of the building as they were coming in, like it looked like stormtrooper helmets, kind oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. clone helmets. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a little yellow gold circle head. It almost looked like three PO. Yeah. Uh, it did. It, there was so much to like, and and I got to go back and watch again. But yeah, there was so much to take out of just that artwork that I couldn't tell what anything was. But it was a very seedy, dark place that so you didn't want to be hanging around. I I have a thought about that. I think that um, based on so those they they look like clone troopers, but they also just kind of look like droids. And I think that that might be like the planet that the droid Gatra is based on. Or is the, mm. like their home home base planet, um, mm. especially because he said like, um, shoot, I can't remember his name now. The the Cyclops guy, Gore. <laughs> yeah, he's he like mentioned the, dro- the yeah the droid Gatra. Um, uh, I yeah. well we yep. predicted pr- uh, during the trailer reveal that it might be Lothal. Now I don't see it being mm. Lothal. I, mm. I don't think so with those whatever those creatures were because that would yeah. you know. Those yeah. definitely weren't Lothcats. No. No. <laughs> They'd be hungry very Lothcats. Spooky. Very <laughs> I at first spooky. thought they were Lothcats, and then I was like, wait, no. Those are creepy critters. Yeah. yeah. And very I loved creepy. that scene. I loved him being like, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that didn't say you were going to die. die yeah. You will not die by my hand. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. that. I was like, oh, he's going to yeah. die. That, <laughs> he's gone. That was very yeah. specific wording. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. so. Uh, Din Jaren is incredibly brutal as a warrior, yeah. hand-to-hand combat, and we get to see this again. We obviously got to see it in episode seven of season one where he battled Zian and uh, Bill, Bill Burr's character. I, I never remember his name. It's Bill Burr. <laughs> it's Bill Burr. It's yeah. basically Bill Burr. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Bostonian. We get to see this incredible hand-to-hand combat in this scene. So, yeah, he you know, he chased – Gore Crash kind of escapes, and then he – he strings him up by his feet, throws him over a lamp, hangs him upside down, and shoots the light out. I mean, that was so evil. And it's right around the corner. What, Halloween's tomorrow? It mm-hmm. felt very Halloween-y with all those lights popping up. And I was very That's excited perfect. about that. So very spooky. Mm-hmm. But Gore Koresh gives him one piece of information. That a Mandalorian is on Tatooine. Ooh, so we're going back. We're going I back. I was like, but I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like, come on, man. What? I got to go back? Uh, no, like we're always trying to go back to Jakku. <laughs> right, yeah. could have been Jakku. Uh, but it was, it was pretty cool. It was a great scene. Now, here we go. So we get back into Tatooine. And what is the name of that character that I hate who looks like? Uh, Pella. Pe- is is it her Pella? name Pella? I think has a very okay. Sedaris. For those who haven't mm-hmm. listened to Star Wars Friends podcast, I have a huge issue with the fact that she looks like Ripley from Alien. That's a whole <laughs> yes. different bag of beans. Uh, but it's true. It's true. What, Maggie? You don't agree that that she looks like Ripley? <laughs> yeah, she looks like Ripley in this episode was Tremors. So You're right. yeah. <laughs> it's a cross genre. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but so they're back in Docking Bay, whatever, with Pella and the pit droids. And this time, spoiler alert. Mando's cool with the droids working on his ship because of the sacrifice from IG-11, which is oh, that episode, finale of episode, season one. Oh, so but good. They, they F it up in like five seconds. <laughs> like they pull something off and she's yelling at him within 10 <laughs> right. seconds of them working on the ship. So. And, they get the and he's still stuck. cool with it. He's just like, eh. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. He's, he, he's comfortable now. He has a rapport with this person and she still has a speeder bike from that Toro Calican adventure that they went on. And it's a, uh, if that Maddox tell me to ease off on this, like of Amy, I, I'm Thank not, you, uh, I won't, I, I won't. agree with you, Fett. I will say far more likable this, this episode than the last one. She I had a lot like of every single one of us. Like, can I keep them? Can I buy them? I mean, I'm just kidding, but I mean, can I, but I'm can not. I <laughs> she's like an, a, like a aunt. Yeah. Like with her baby, like godmother now. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, but he knows he has to go in search for this Mandalorian who, how does he get the information about Moss Pelgo? He already has it. And then he asks her well, where she, to find he it. He asked her if, if she had heard of it. And he, she said, I hadn't heard that name in a long time. Right. It's pretty much was wiped off the map. And there was Mos Eisley and Mos Bespa, right? Mm-hmm. I think. And she was like, here's a map from R5. And he comes trudging along very slowly, pops up the map. She goes, well, here's these two. It used to be right here, but it's, he's like, I don't see it anywhere. He's like, yeah. "She's well, it's gone. It's not there anymore. And when he got there, it literally was like three buildings. Yep. So I can understand why it doesn't show up on a map. It's like that one stop sign town. Yeah. In, our, yeah. in a very rural area of, of the country. And, and it was great. He gets up in the speeder bike and it's a spaghetti Western. He goes down the, the main street, the main drag, and you get to see all the people in the village and they're all looking and you know that there was going to be some like shootout with the sheriff. Right. And the episode's called the Marshall. So that was, you knew it was coming, but it was so well done. Very Western, very tombstone. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that. That was cool. Very Deadwood. Very Deadwood. Yes. Yes. Now we get to the scene where he goes into the cantina and a weak who sounds like he's from uh, the Southern United States. <laughs> so if you read, if you read any of the star Wars novels, when they talk about folks from um, wild space, they all have this accent. So I'm imagining when they talk about the accent from wild space, that's what this was. And weak is just like, oh, like whatever. And of course, strolls in. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. Come on. Give where is this screen cap here? This is my favorite shot, probably from the entire show. Mr. Cobb Vanth. Oh, here we are. Oh, beautiful. Hey. Beautiful. Yeah. Strolls up silhouette in the doorway of the saloon. And I knew, I mean, look at it. You know, this yeah. is Boba Fett's armor. You there's yep. it, it was immediate. Look at the crest on the left on the right chest. And the shoulder pads. This mm-hmm. is it. And I felt at that moment just pure joy. I pure joy. looks so, so awkward on him because it doesn't it does. fit. It really does. Yeah. As like it, walk- oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say when when you look at Boba Fett, that waistline, the under tunic under mm-hmm. his chest armor is normally down by his belt. Mm-hmm. It, but like Timothy Oliphant's so tall, mm-hmm. like you can see all that midsection and his shoulder pads just kind of like angle too far out like they stick out too far so i knew i was like oh this is that is not him at all <laughs> I I know, like, it's I, his armor but that's cop vant i pulled a john mulaney and i was like that boy's got no hips <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was a josh how did you feel at this moment how did you feel seeing the silhouette and the the boba fett armor so i couldn't clearly see the helmet until he like walked in a little bit. Cause it was like kind of washing it out. But then I saw the emblem on the chest mm-hmm. and I, I turned to tab and I said, that's Cobb Vanth. And, sh- and then when he said his name, she's like, 
how do you always know things like 10 minutes before they happen? And I was like, I like Star Wars. I read it in a book. <laughs> <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with Cobb Vant, that's okay. It's time to now enter the Aftermath trilogy of books by Chuck Wendig. Go on Amazon, go to Half Price Books and pick them up. They are a fantastic read. What a perfect timing with season two of The Mandalorian coming out. It is the depth that you're getting from those books now that we're starting to see a lot of these things play out is really fun. So Cobb Vance was his in the second one or the third one? It was in all three. There was one yeah, was chapter it? in all three books. Okay. Although they do pretty much tell the story that the books tell in his flashback. Yeah. Except for in the book, he uh, allies with the Tuscan Raiders to yeah. save the town. And they, mm. you know, they had like worked together before actually yeah. to kill a crate dragon. So here they've oh, kind of, so they're kind of gotcha. retconned it and made it so that he didn't like, he had never worked with them and hadn't killed a crate dragon. It was mm. kind of odd. But are, are you, is everyone sitting down? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> look at that face. Oh, Timothy Oliphant. And I love the red tunic. I love the red scarf. It's just really striking with the armor. The, the Fett armor just even more degraded than the last time we saw it in the Return of the Jedi. This is just really, really cool. And just a great scene. I think the I think Timothy Olvent is just a master class actor and can make any scene any scene better. So this is good. I'm just looking at the screen cap and I'm just so happy. I think the 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 red tunic works too because it looks good, but it also looks it very clearly does not match the armor. Like it doesn't, you know, right. So it, like, right. This armor is cool. It helps him, you know, and everything, but at, at the same time, he's like out of place too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And we got a couple comments here from longtime listener. Love the name. Uh, <laughs> w Earl Brown played the week way also from Deadwood. Makes sense. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And, Tiernan says, can we talk about Din just leaving his kid on the bike in another? <laughs> oh my God. I said the same thing. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was a, I was like, where is he at? What? He's just gonna hang out with these people. But of course he, he knows he's like, that little shit's gonna follow me and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Saul, of course, perfect casting. Yes, this was so cool. Very excited. Now, Josh had said that there was a there was a photo that he wanted, and I think I have it here. This was this was the defining photo for me, and I cannot wait to share it here. Once again, technical issues, but bam, there it is. No, the helmet, yeah. the dent, the dent. So good. If you yeah. didn't realize this, this was Fett's armor before. There you are, vindicated. Oh. Boba Fett is alive. <laughs> well, I mean, this doesn't confirm that he's alive. True. <laughs> give it, give it another forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here, his armor, his armor got through, and it did vindicate. Uh, it did authenticate and vindicate the aftermath. Uh, Can I just say, with like this scene was so great because you. Like Din doesn't really have any dialogue when like the moment happens, but you can sense his like excitement for finding a Mandalorian to his annoyance, like yeah. just from a slight like shoulder shift. And I was just like, dude, you can just read his entire reaction yeah. to seeing him take that helmet off. Yeah. yeah so <sighs> you see Saul's Saul's question said, where'd the bullet hole come from? There was the cutscene, the animated cutscene between Boba and Cad Bane mm-hmm. and Cad mm-hmm. Bane hit him in the head. Uh, and that's what caused the bullet hole, supposedly. But you never actually saw that in 
that was one of the story arcs we thought we were going to get instead of um, the Martez (laughs) sisters, which I will tell you over time, Uh (laughs) over time, I have felt much better about the Spice Girls arc. I think I really have. I really have. I have felt much better about that over time. So, uh, oh, this is my favorite comment yeah. of the night so far. Our friend yeah. Scott asked, is this why Kyle isn't on tonight? No. For no, he's, long, he's, he's moving. Yeah, he, Kyle's got a lot of stuff going on. I know Kyle deeply, deeply wanted yes. to be on tonight's episode. And Josh and I also wanted Kyle on tonight's episode for I, I literally, I literally <laughs> told him last night, I said, if Boba Fett is on this episode tomorrow <laughs> and you're not on the show, I will never forgive you. <laughs> no, I, I did say before we started this show, in kind of Kyle's defense, Boba Fett still has not done anything. Oh, he walked. Nothing. Ah! nothing. He's rooted. He got out of the Sarlacc pit. He still hasn't done anything. What Tamora Morrison did at the end of the episode is equivalent to what Mark Hamill did at the end. Of episode seven, <laughs> and right. and Ray turn Palpatine around and look Skywalker. damn good doing it, <laughs> and Ray Palpatine Skywalker. So, so those are in the entire in the entire Star Wars uh, visual canon, whether it's animated, live action, cinematic, doesn't matter. You have Luke Skywalker in the binary sunset, Ray Skywalker, Palpatine binary sunset, and now Boba Fett <laughs> in the binary Boba Fett is a Skywalker. <laughs> Chris, you're gonna blow your microphone. Boba Fett is alive. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> okay, so just so deal one, with one, uh, one cool thing about Boba Fett being in this episode, though, um, that's not like just a trolley thing, is that having you know Tamura Morrison play Boba Fett in this links the prequels, the original trilogy, and the Disney era together yeah. because uh, yeah. by yeah. having it be the guy who played the clones <clears throat> playing yes. Boba Fett. You know, yes. they fed the, the prequel lovers so well in this episode. Oh, they so did. They really did. Yes, they yeah. did. Well, mm-hmm. here we are. First image of the beautiful child and Aww. our friend Fetmatic here. Why was Baby Yoda sitting in Tobacco Spitter? Because he was hiding <laughs> from the crate dragon. The tremors. That'll uh, be a that'll be a pop in six months. You know it'll be a pop. <laughs> oh yeah. I cannot that'll wait. So, I recreated this photo earlier today with my. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. This is uh, so baby Yoda was hiding in the tobacco spitter, which is gross. Uh, the yeah. to hide from the tremor crate dragon. I was expecting Kevin Bacon to run through the streets of Moth Pelgo, <laughs> but this was, I, I didn't expect it to be a crate dragon. I honestly didn't know crate dragons went through the sand, which was that was news to me. I called it a sand shark at first. I thought I was watching Dune, but that's not coming yes. up until next year. So. Yes. So, uh, that's what I was going to say. Maybe is this the way they bring Oscar Isaac back by crossing over with yeah. Dune? <laughs> uh, so I, I actually that thought. Much pretty on one screen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Can Oof. you imagine Poe comes back? You have. You have Cobb Vanth, and then Pedro takes his helmet off, too, all in the same scene. Um, <laughs> Maggie would die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so. I actually thought it might have been a juvenile um, Sarlacc pit, like Sarlacc, because they are yeah. mobile before they, like, when they're young. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. I wish I didn't know that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> interesting visual. I was feeling nice about going to sleep, but now I'm not. So yeah. Okay. So, so Cobb Vanth 
the marshal of Moss Pelgo and Din Jaren go on a journey to, well, okay. So well, let's back that up. So obviously Din Jaren needs to get the Mandalorian armor back. It's part of the creed. It's part of the, 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 what, what would you call that? It's a, I don't want to call it a religion. It's not a religion. It's just their it's like right. Culture, it's, yeah. it's their right to have the armor. So he makes a deal with Cobb Vanth. Cobb's like, yo, dude, you killed this crate dragon. I'll give you this armor. So they go off and do their thing. But of course, they they have this cool scene with their bikes. And as, as Kevin mentioned, you see the pod racer engine on the swoop bike, which is a first. That's the first time I've ever seen that before. Very That's cool. cool. Mm-hmm. They end up in a valley and they get stopped by none other than Tuscan Raiders. But you hear the crate dragon noises and you're like, oh, what is it? And these little doggies, what do you call them? The sand doggos? They're massive. Okay, sand doggies come out behind <laughs> the, the rocks. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. That's out of the prequels. That's okay, yeah, cool. Episode two. Yeah, I was very excited about that. That was cool. And, of course, Din Jaren, who's got great relationships with the Tuscans, does his little sign language deal. And then Josh asked me to pull this cute little thing. Let me see if I could find this one. And There's- his little barking sounds. like. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's see here. <laughs> So he goes up to this mean looking dog, sand doggy. Massive. Gives him a kiss. Oh. And he was wagging his butt. You can't yeah. obviously can't see <laughs> the picture, but yeah, he was he was oh all about my God. it. So I wrote that we article about this today. It's so cute. I hope we get like a short story or some sort of like explanation on like you know, did he take, you know, Tuscan studies in Mando College or something? Like, why is he, what, why does he know what all the stuff that he knows, you know? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's, he's incredible. Din Jaren is incredible. Let's just call it for what it is. So I'm very excited about that. So bottom line is Cobb Vanth, very distrustful of the Tuscans. They, they literally have the word Raider in their name, Tuscan right. Raider. They raid villages and steal things, harvest water, the whole deal. So, then Jaren makes nice. They go camp. They have a little powwow. They sing some songs, do some sign language, and decide that they were going to team up to kill the crate dragon. Now, they can't do it by themselves. They cannot kill the crate dragon by themselves. So they have to enlist the help of the villagers, the villagers. And here's a little screen grab of some sign language. You saw that in season one where to- Toro Calican, the dick, uh, was mocking them and. <laughs> you know, didn't put him in his place, but it was, it was cool to see this happen at a bigger scale. So they go back, they recruit the, the villagers, but there's a cute little screen grab that I got. I I love these screen grabs. Whoa. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that cute little movie. It's all about Chris. It's all about Chris. There we are. There we are. Oh, I love it. He's just having fun in oh. a blistering desert. So yeah, really. <laughs> this is, I love seeing baby Yoda on the side of vehicles. We saw this, we saw him on the, the pouch with IG 11 mm-hmm. in the finale of season one, where IG 11 is just murdering every remnant stormtrooper, <laughs> and the child is having a blast. I love this. You need to get him some goggles for the side bag, though, because you know he's getting sandwiched. <laughs> right. Yeah. You need goggles. You absolutely need goggles. So that was a cute little scene. All right. So we got a couple chats here. Fetmatic, the Tuscan language is part of Mandalorian curriculum. <laughs> oh, I will listen. Go. I will trust Fetmatic. 
longtime friend of show, always has a lot of good information. So I will definitely put it up there, Josh. Go ahead and cross reference if you need to, but I I trust that. Okay. I know. <laughs> what is this? So Tiernan asks, do we know what that steaming shell drink thing was? By the way, it looked super nasty. Even through TV oh, screen. Give me a break. Yes. I'm, I was actually seeing, I saw that and I thought, oh, maybe Chris is part of <laughs> <Tuscan. Did laughs> <you drink? laughs> pond water. Pond water. It, it, is, look, it is called Black Melon. It, it is hot. in the comic books. It looked hot. Like it looked like when you cracked it, it open, it was like hot. milk inside. It's, it's kind of like, think of a coconut. So it's like a coconut yeah. and they grow in the wastelands in Tatooine. Yeah. Okay. Would Me anyone drink that? Knowing a lot about Tatooine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If I have another culture who is helping me, I'm going to respect them and I'm yes. going to try yes. their food. Yeah. Like, am I going to go get that out of my fridge as a drink of choice? No. No. I mean, <laughs> hey, he looked I like mean, it wasn't too bad when he drank it later. I mean, <laughs> right. to, to me, to me, so basically what happened was that the Tuscans and Cobb Vanth and Din Jaren are sitting around a campfire. They're starting to come together with this plan. And to me, it was very reminiscent of maybe passing the peace pipe, right? Like you, you like to, to make peace with another culture, Maggie, to your point, like learning about other cultures and Cobb Vanth, very distrustful of the Tuscan Raiders for good reason. And wouldn't drink it. Well, listen, I mean, I understand that it was a peaceful gesture, but it was nasty. It was disgusting. <laughs> it looked hot. It just no. looked like warm tar. And I'm no, not going to drink that. Now getting, I'm getting ahead of myself, but later on in the episode, he does have one. They do give him one, and he takes a drink of it. Yeah, he does. And there, there was nothing on his face. At that moment, though, I really wanted him to kind of take a drink and go, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would have to- like I totally would have just died laughing if he'd have done that. But he did drink it later on without hesitation, which was, I found. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, that was cool. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Hey, I'm Jason Fry. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends Podcast. Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Some 
Baby Yoda needs our help, so please subscribe, rate, and review right away. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. They go back to Mos Pelgo. They rally the troops. Before we get there, we get this lovely screen grab that I just, I love this scene. It's very funny. He's just scrubbing the tooth of the bantha. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta clean it. I like belly laugh, yeah. It's it's the little details, the little details, the little comedy that makes Star Wars Star Wars. And you get just enough in all these episodes of Mandalorian. You get just enough comedy. It's so good. I mean, why would they show a Tusken Raider cleaning the tooth of a Bantha? It's just one of those things. It's real world. It's it's very cool. So do you guys like the Banthas? That was yeah. Yeah, that I was like fun. The toothbrush thing was the thing that got the biggest reaction in the whole episode out of tab. Oh, really? <laughs> she thought that was hilarious. And then, but then I ruined it for her by saying, well, yeah, they were preparing him to give him to the dragon. They were cleaning, you know. That's what I said to my mom. She's like, oh my God, they're brushing his teeth. And I'm like, to feed him. Oh, my God. Anybody else, though, notice like, so when the giant crate dragon is going under the main street in mm-hmm. most Pelgo, right? It was clearly close enough to the surface that the sand was moving on top, yeah. right? Yeah. And it went, it's so big. Like yeah, you right. clearly see how big it is at the end of this episode, but it, it's tunneling under the city. But then when they go back to Mos Pelgo, the street is like there. Yeah. Like, I would have figured if he's tunneling a giant hole under this city, everything would have gone down in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah. And made that exact same sound. It was like that. It's, it's like the sinking <laughs> but it fields. In, uh... Yeah. It, nothing happened. It just, it was fine. Like no sand sunk in the hole. So I thought that was a lot. Yeah. That's, that's, you know what? We got to, we got to kind of semantics. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's all imagination. It's all imagination. So, um, all right. It's in space. So it is, it's fake and in space. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we get the villagers. The villagers are very distrustful. Naturally, you get this like town hall meeting where they're trying to be liberal, like, yeah, we're going to kill the dragon. Yeah, we're going to do it. But you guys got to help enjoy the Raiders. And everyone's throwing like those, those melons, those dark melons or whatever. They're like, throwing them at Cobb Vanth and everyone's so mad. And of course they find a way to convince them. And they're loading munitions. They have this like depot in the middle of Moss Pelgo, and they have all these munitions. This little tiny town. Well, it's like mining. A, it's a mining town. So, what do you think those are? Like mining blasts? Like it's like dynamite. Dynamite. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. They, they said that the the raiders come and raid their mines and steal something. Yes, I forget what they said. They steal something out of it, but they raid their mines. Josh, what's but up? Are they really their mines? <laughs> <laughs> Those are their minds. Those are the Tuscan Raiders' minds, not theirs. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was a little annoyed that the whole town was human, except for the one weak way. The one weak <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, weird. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> Moss Eisley, there's like one human, one or two humans in the whole bar. Everything else is aliens. And they, and this one, it's, you know. Maybe the mining people pick them up. Picking. I was going to say, I think they did that for, for a reason. And that's the whole, it's the unity bit. Because when, um, when Cobb Banth was, was telling everybody like the plan, like, hey, we got to go do this thing. We got to go kill this dragon that's been terrorizing our town and do all this <laughs> stuff. And then, you know, the townspeople were like, yeah, he's right. We got to go do the thing. And then, and then he was like, yeah, but there's Tuscan Raiders. And they were like, oh, the Tuscan Raiders, they're taking our minds. They're doing this thing. They're killing our people. And I was like, huh, that sounds an awful lot like America. Yeah. And uh, yes. I thought I thought it was the whole, like, humans and aliens bit was meant to be, like, those gotcha. that are that here makes and sense. those that are yeah. not here, you know. Yeah. And but, um, is the token alien of the town. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. My mom um, said the same thing. She's like, it's like the Western trope of like the very white Western town teams up with the neighboring, yeah. you know, indigenous people. And then they take on some new, like the loggers that have moved mm. into town yeah, or like, right, you know, something right. like that they take on together. And there's like the one token. That's, yeah. that's your classic Western trope for mm-hmm. sure. For Cowboys sure. versus aliens. Now yeah. we, we have <laughs> certified voice actor Kevin Cabral on the oh, episode man. tonight. I this is you just did you did just did some classic Moss Pelgo voices, but <laughs> my 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 issue is with this. We have we have Gore Koresh voiced by John Leguizamo. We had Horatio Sands voicing the Mithril last season, who's going to reprise his role this season. We have the Weequay played by the actor from Deepwood. Very very human very human voices for star wars how do you yeah. how do you interpret do, i mean what are your thoughts on their their voice choices here i mean you know for me it, it makes sense because part of it is you know hey let's make this accessible for the audience so we're going to choose stuff that they're familiar with um that is likely not their dialect that they use however uh, i think one of the okay so i'm going we're going to go we're going to talk about the language of it and then i'm going to actually talk about the score so, right, the language is, is it's easy, accessible. It's probably not the, the voice and the accent most of their viewers actively have. However, if you look at the score, Ludwig Ranson, who is a brilliant composer, um, when he was doing Black Panther, he went and he did, you know, like a year-long survey to find instrumentation from local cultures in Africa and yeah. use that as his basis. And I think a lot of that influence carried over to The Mandalorian. Cause he had so many different woodwinds that he was using and just like actual traditional instruments. Um, and that was something where it's like, you're getting a different sound in star Wars than what we're used to. It's not John Williams. It's not John Powell. It's not Michael, uh, you know, Giacchino. It's yeah. none of that. They're all very orchestral in nature and the score has its moments in that realm, but it brought something new, something more textured, something that was its own. And I think frankly that you know, yeah, this is a good question to bring up because I think it would have been stronger if we had characters who had more real Earth-based influences. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I know that the English language, which I, you know, we're speaking right now, you know, it has some interesting bits about it. But frankly, we're all used to how it sounds. And The Mandalorian being a show that is filmed in English, um, yeah. everyone's going to be used to that sound. So if you added in more guttural you know diaphragm based or click based or something like that into your speech even though everyone's speaking basic i think that would add like a a much needed diversity just to what we're hearing you know yeah. because if you had if you had you know like oh, like the geonosians if you yeah. had a geonosian who learned basic 
right? What would that sound like? That would yes. be cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. I think that would have been an interesting direction to go towards. But ultimately, probably a nitpicky argument. Um, That's I what mean, we love here. We love the nitpicky. Then there you go. It's true. <laughs> we should launch a campaign. We see, say... Um, we should all be in Star Wars and we should all do a different voice. Exactly. And, uh, very true. There you go. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's hard to think back on what Bill Barr's, Bill Burr's character name was because it was Bill Burr. Yeah. Was yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It well, pulls you out of the, it's fake and in space feeling. The, the one, to, to your point, Kevin, the one character from The Mandalorian I would have loved to see in a cross, uh, what would you call it? Cross species, language, cross, I don't know what you would call it, but Quill from season one as yeah. Ugnot would love yeah. to have heard some squeals or some, <laughs> yeah. some something. I mean, that yeah. would just really tie that in. So we'll see. I think that Gore Koresh being John Languizamo, that was that was to me less abrasive than Horatio Sands as the Mithril. But maybe just because I'm kind of immune to it now and just expect that that Americanized English voice. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I mean. Chris doesn't like blue aliens. He only likes green aliens. Hey, I love Thrawn. I love Thrawn. Come on now. Just I got blue one. alien friends. What do you mean? With <laughs> Thrawn and there's other oh, ones. Sure, I don't know. Sure, Chris. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Well, All and, right. And you know, All right. I do want to make one more brief point. You mentioned Quill, and I, I just kind of spurred this thing in my brain. They want the characters to be relatable. And so when you make mm. a character very overtly alien right often people might seem like it's it's harder to relate to them on a personal level right um what was yeah chewbacca right i mean i'm i'm rolling around like i got hair but i don't got that much hair so it's hard for me to relate to him (laughs) he's like a dog though it still works he's so cuddly but like you know if it if it was squealing and stuff i mean even on the level of you know you're sitting on the couch and you're six years old and with your siblings and you're like yelling out which movie, which G-Force character, you know the gerbil movie? You know that one? Disney? No. Like 2006 what? or something? I'm aware of Was that the only one who ever watched G-Force? I bet my friend Derek in the chat has watched the gerbil movie. <laughs> uh, you're, maybe you're not the one you're referencing. Kid, but, and, and you're watching right. a show and you're like, I'm that one. I'm that one and you, brother, can be that one, but I'm this one, the one in the red shirt. Mm. I want to be Alvin. You, you want to die? <laughs> But Sorry, like you're, you're like inserting yourself into characters because you see yourself in them. And I'm going to assume that, you know, like most people will sit there. And if, if Quill was like very much like you had equal parts Ugnaught and equal parts human, right? In terms of like the language that and the dialect yeah. used, I think people would be a little bit more reserved about just associating with that and like kind of having that as part of their identity, not even as a, on a conscious level, just kind of being like, well, I'm, I'm not a nug nut. I don't make those noises. That doesn't reflect who I am, yeah. which again is difficult because then we go back to the question of, well, yeah, but like the like standard English doesn't reflect a huge audience of star Wars. So like, you know, I don't know. That's kind of a You're tangential. Big, it. Yeah, for real. Concept, for real. I don't even know. For real. So, I miss Quill. Let's just be clear. I miss yeah. Quill. Uh, I wish Quill was still here, but now we got now we got Uncle Boba, so we're fine. We have another. <laughs> we have another elder who's gonna lead the way. This is the way, the Boba Fett way. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, about that. Yeah. Hey now, 
Hey, I don't yeah. think they're going to be friends. I, I don't, don't think they're going to so. be friends. I think they're going to be great friends. You know who they weren't friends with? <laughs> you know who they weren't friends with? This guy. <laughs> they were not friends with this oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> mean old crate dragon. Yeah. So this awesome. sucker is terrifying. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. So yeah. they get the town. They get the Tuscans. They're ready to rock. And they go to the the crate dragon hole which was a sarlacc pit at one point in time where the crate dragon ate the sarlacc pit my god that is a terrifying creature tatooine is a scary place i cannot believe that old ben just lived out on his own for so long Mm -hmm. so oh maybe we'll see some crate dragons in the old ben kenobi show we'll see and So this massive beast is finally seen on screen. Got a lot of teeth. Very scary. Don't want to mess with it. And they cannot. So like every giant creature in cinema, there's always a weakness. It's the soft belly. So on the crate dragon, it's the soft belly. And they, they plant all those dining, uh, dynamite, whatever explosives, the mining explosives, but they also strap them to a bantha. Which was crazy. This was <laughs> kind of cruel. This is a wild. This is a wild image here. So you have your, you have your bantha bomb. Hashtag bantha bomb. Hashtag bantha bomb. I like that. Yeah. Oh, actually, I like the. I like the sound of that. Hashtag bath. Not bath bomb, but bantha bomb. What if they made a? What if they made a bath bomb in the shape of a bantha? That is an Etsy. With or without fur. You get the option of a hairy or hairless. Oh God, I'm gonna go right oh, hairless. What's that, what's that? What's that soap store in the? What is that? Lush? Is that Lush. the soap store yeah. in the Lush? Oh yeah. my God! Like, can you guys make me a bantha bomb, please? <laughs> Introducing <laughs> an exclusive Buy it with or without right. hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Oh, you're good. <laughs> like you're gonna have to comb through all the knots to even get to the soap. Like, this is great. This is worth it. This experience. <laughs> when you drop it in, does like hair oh, just dissipate in your bathtub? Like, <laughs> it's just all hair instead of like the, the bubbles. Oh my God. That's nasty. Yeah. Oh, I, I am so happy with that. So we got we got <laughs> the hashtag Bantha Bomb, and there <laughs> it is, right? Because they want to try to kill this thing. Now, the one okay, one thing I did not get a screen cap was so they can't kill it they they try to they try to kill it that doesn't work and then mando and Cobb vanth are like yo we got jetpacks let's rock and they both go after the crate dragon who like explodes through the top of the mountain and you get to see these incredible jetpack scenes also you finally get to see a competent version of boba fett's jetpack in use which i'm very excited about did anyone expect Cobb vanth to rock the jetpack no. yes no did you? I did not. Yeah, me neither. Oh, well, how I do we? Know? He didn't train in the Rising well, Phoenix, that's right? Why. That's, that's right. He on the right. <laughs> trained on the Rising Phoenix, but at the same time, I'm going, okay, it would have been broken or busted after it got right. hit by yeah. Han, and when it was hit, yeah, So I thought it was like st- maybe like he wore it, but like the rocket launcher was still good, but you know maybe the the actual flight capacity of it was broken, right? But then. When he hits it, when he hits it again with the gun, I'm going, okay, so clearly this this kind of jetpack is defective. Like all it takes is like a gun butt to it, and all of a sudden it goes flying there off. There it is. Right. Like this jetpack is the worst jetpack that you could possibly own. Can we just marvel for one second to get this return of the Jedi throwback? I know. In this episode. <laughs> I am so beyond happy with this. I geeked out like 
I was loving this episode. I was loving this episode. And then this happened and like, it just took it up so much. Like he knew where to hit it. Like he knew what to do. He was like, Nope, you got to go. And all of a sudden he like rocketed into the sky and it was, he was like, no, this is defective. I'm just going to punch it. So cool. So he no. knew it was, it was. It's one of those jetpacks off wish.com. He knew. <laughs> Good call. So I know we're getting everybody's favorite reaction from the show. We're going to read all these in a moment. We want to get through the, the rest of the episode here. And there's a couple pivotal moments before we finally get the resolution here. Now I do want to show one more screen grab of one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in star Wars, not the dark melon or whatever that, uh, that hot juice was that the Tuscans well, were kept around. was not expecting hot that at juice. all. Either. Look at this. I was, I, was I was trying to eat breakfast <laughs> with the hot juice, <laughs> the, the, the dark hot juice. So look Ugh. at this impressive beast spewing, some it's is it acid is it just bile is it so actually uh, what I, I did a bit of research and i figured out that that's actually the slime they use at the nickelodeons uh <laughs> so mark summers mark summers is coming by tandem with a couple like uh rubbermaid totes and just pulling it away that is just that was so awesome to see because the dragon i was just terrified for just being a mm-hmm. dragon and just being yep. huge but then you get instead of fire you get this spewing acid and that was, was like awesome God, what a terrifying creature. Could you imagine seeing that thing in real life? My God. So my wife asked me, though. She goes, okay, so when they finally blow the thing up, how come acid doesn't go spewing everywhere from this thing? And I said, I was like, okay, that's a very good question. I said, but if, what is the, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of the movie, with the dragons that kind of take over London and um, Matthew McConaughey's in it and he's the dragon hunter. Yeah. um, And they have the helicopters that still fly, whatever. uh, We'll call it Dragon London movie. Yeah, Christian Bale is still in it, but apparently, like they have like two glands or something that mix chemicals when they spew, and that's what causes the fire. Oh, it's to like go. an epoxy. Okay, kind of. Yeah, kind of like an epoxy. So <laughs> they, uh, they, and I said maybe that's it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know the anatomy of a crate dragon. So, so I researched it. Today. Yeah, I was like, I, I pulled it up. There's already an article about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, I pulled it up this morning, and I was like, oh, that's what it is. It's crate venom. That helps them digest oh, their food. That's nice. <laughs> it's like a snake. <laughs> Sounds good. So is it different than the Sarlacc juice? So we have the the dark melon juice, the hot juice from the Tuscans. We got the crate venom and the Sarlacc spewage. I don't know what you would have in the Sarlacc pit that digests people over. Rain of t- fire. That was it. Yes. Rain good of movie. fire. Good movie. Oh. That is a great they, movie. They reenact Star- he retells Star Wars in that movie. Is it really? Uh, uh, not Christian. Yeah, Christian Bale's character. He reenacts oh. Star Wars. He tells Star Wars to the kids as a bedtime story. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. All right, here we go. We're, we're getting to the home stretch here. There's our Tuscan Raiders with the pearl. It's kind of hard to see here. So they have the, the pearl, which is really cool. That was a bizarre scene where they just started taking out chunks of meat from okay. the crate dragon so (laughs) very very wild uh and then the mandalorian rides off with ka van's helmet there they say some like tagline like yo we'll see you again or mayor cross or pass cross whatever they say and now we get to what we all thought were the credits because it goes from full screen to letterbox (laughs) format and you're like oh cool we're gonna see some really great uh, concept art that the fantastic illustrators at Lucasfilm put together. 
you get to see the speeder bike with the armor and the child on it right off in the Tatooine sunset. Then. Out of nowhere. Then. <laughs> then. It's the OG. Boba Fett is alive! <laughs> Look at this in the binary sunset. Oh, one That's of three good. characters in the Star Wars universe to get a binary sunset send-off. Um, excuse me. Four. BB-8. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. You're right. I know. You guys, were... Everybody on Tatooine gets a binary sunset. What are you Every talking about? Every single day. <laughs> <laughs> you're not special. True. true. Uh, that is so true. Look at this sweet. Look at this sweet shot here, though. I Did love. Anybody you think it was Sasha stick? Banks before he turned around? Yeah, it was Sasha Banks. Yeah, that was actually that was my first thought. Um. Got the gaffy stick there. You got the, but the the interesting thing is both of those are sand people weapons. They are that blaster is a sand people, and his robes to me indicate he is the only thing he's missing is the mask, which I'm pretty sure the wrapped mask. So maybe he was in that group helping them, and he's watching him right off with his armor. Or I don't know. Like it was just very interesting that he's he's dressed as a sand person right now. Yeah, I mean, their weapons. there's some there's some precedent for it, but not anything that I can come up with a good theory on. So mm-hmm. um, Aisha Red Hat is the character I'm thinking of who was mm-hmm. a Tuscan uh, mm-hmm. Jedi. And, uh, you know, listen, this is this. Who knows? I, do we think that Boba Fett will be in any other episode in the season or is this all we're going to mm-hmm. get? No, we're no, going to get him in this season. There's no way. There's no way you just er, do that. Earlier, and then earlier Chris, no. you said give it another 40 minutes. But I'm like, what if he just teases that in the beginning and then you go all season and don't see That's him what I'm expecting. I'm expecting it. him to show up in the last episode. Yeah, there I don't is. think he's going to be here <clears throat> next episode. Definitely not. But he no. will be in this season. And I don't think they're going to be friends. No, not I don't. At all. I don't think so. No. And, and let me tell you how to hurt the child and then that that will justify my dislike for Boba Fett. It could be. I would say that for me, there's everything surrounding the fact that Boba and Jango aren't like actual Mandalorians. Yes. That whole Unless bit, this is going to make them Mandalorian going to be con- contention. I mean, they might, they very well could. Cause now it's, now it's definitely a creed and not so much a cultural where uh, a culture where there's lineage. Right. Cause, and we see in the clone wars, that is more of the case. It's more like, you're born on Mandalore. You're raised Mandalorian. That's how it works. But then mm-hmm. post-Empire, it's a creed. Yep. You take up the Mandalorian <laughs> name. Um, but <laughs> I would say I, that does leave room for him to become a Mandalorian again. But I think there's going to be initial contention on that. Because maybe he doesn't respect the whole convention of, of the armor. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost religious significance. I don't know. It is going to be interesting to see how they how they bring in this character. Is it... Did Boba Fett have a have a feel like did he know the Mandalorians were being hunted post Empire? So he mm. went into seclusion with the Raiders to try to escape certain doom and let Cobb Vanth take the heat. If there was right. any heat from the Empire, um, y- you know, is 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 Din Jaren going to link up somehow, or is Boba Fett going to stalk him somehow, and then he becomes a an elder foundling? Uh, mm. and, and it gets adopted in, and then we can finally say with certainty that he does become Mandalorian. Right. There are. I can literally think of probably a dozen different avenues that this can take. And I'm sure we're going to talk all about them on the next episode of the star Wars friends podcast. Mm-hmm. So 
that is going to be a lot of fun. I really, so Derek asked a hard question here in the live chat. Are we going to see a bank statement on both vets? So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, no, he's under audit. That, no, that's Sasha Banks's finishing move. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought there was a uh, tongue in cheek political uh, joke there. I don't know enough about professional <laughs> wrestling. Clearly, I didn't know the Gamorian move. That's why, at that's all. why I'm here. It's okay. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> so, I am. I should have said the Hulk Hogan leg drop. Then you. I know the stinky leg drop. I know the stinky leg drop. Um, Okay, I'm deeply satisfied with this episode. I am very excited to see where the rest of the season goes. After just this recap here, everyone still feel the same. Y'all love the episode. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just I every episode like like I said in the beginning, I the things that they can do in the volume. (sighs) Oh my god! Cinematic. unreal like that's yeah. why i said like on my tv it looks pretty good and i'm like i don't even have that good of a tv i was like i can only imagine what this looks like on an oled like 60 inch you know 240 hertz tv that has fast processing right like, it looks great on mine yeah. and i i was just blown away like just the overhead shots of you know him riding through the desert um you know, the crate dragon popping through the top of the mountain there and just the Ooh, dust and the debris huge, falling. Huge. And the detail on it, though, is just amazing. And I'm like, and they just do this in this little, like, yeah. theater, like round yeah. theater with a ceiling. Yeah. And it's unreal, unreal what they can do. So, well, I it's wanna... funny you should say that because they use Unreal Engine to, to do it. <laughs> <laughs> unreal. Very nice. Touche. Now let's dive into people in the live chat, their favorite moments here. Our friend Nick's from across the pond. What up, Nick's? This is Nick's favorite thing here. One of my favorite things in the episode is the attention to small, simple details, like seeing the sand people traveling on Banthas in single file, reminding us of Mm. that, of what Obi-Wan said to Luke. (laughs) That is, this is what Nick's always brings to the conversation, which is thoughtful, uh, insightful, views of star wars content so yeah this that was a cool little detail all the small little details i think the r5 was a little cheesy i think r5 was a little cheesy i think it was a little forced I think well, little, and when well, she was like there. well take your time or whatever she said to him yeah yeah, yeah. i was cute it was cute but it was like oh my god don't know where what did she say don't know where to get good support anymore <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. something like that yeah. yeah so that was cool a lot of small details there now Cobb Vanth made the made a vis, or uh, an audio reference to the Camtono. That was yeah. kind of funny and had those crystals yep. in there. That was cool. Let's see here. I think Tiernan said Din's Jonah and the Whale was a peak drama. Yeah, when yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's a great, great, great scene. Jonah and the Whale kind of story. Yep. Very cool. So great. That was I was like, oh dang, is he gonna like slip underneath? Like when, because you knew what was going to happen. I was like, "Oh, is he going to roll out of the way at the last second? Hell no, he just took it." I was like, "Sir, dude, you have a son to worry about now." Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Dude is taking some serious liberties right now because he's like, oh, you got to watch the kid.'" And like, he just goes flying in there. I'm like, "Wait, I just watched this giant lizard spew acid all over people, and I'm about to fly into its mouth." Really? <laughs> yes. Really? Like, no way. It's the best. Didn't have no thoughts. <laughs> I mean, he just does. <laughs> Jade Esman says the fight choreography at the beginning was beautifully done. I do agree. I love seeing the Mandalorian in hand-to-hand combat. Very cool. You get to see all the tools. We talked about this last season. Very cool to see a Mandalorian in combat. That was really awesome. Longtime listener says when Din left Gore Koresh for dead, hung him up by his feet. Didn't kill him. 
didn't kill him. Just hung him up there for those doggies. No more space, not sand doggies, red eye doggies came through. So that was what we assume killed Gore Koresh. Saul Vieira says one of my favorite moments was actually seeing a crate dragon on screen. It's cool that they had the movie level special effects. Yes, absolutely. My goodness. Let's not forget. This is a Disney plus live action television series, yeah. which mm-hmm. had way better CGI than most things that I have seen. I mean, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm always thinking of like, I am legend. If y'all know, mm-hmm. I am legend with Will Smith. No, I got an eye roll. I got, that's what I was waiting for. It's I've just one it. eye roll. Out I, of like, I like that movie. Okay. I like that I movie like too, but I don't like the dog dying. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> movie came out in 2007 and allowed to swill. Scott says, enjoyed a lot of pieces, but I think the Tuscan finding the pearl was my favorite. Awesome flashback to Star Wars Galaxies with my friends. Yes. Very cool. Josh Laws, the nod to the Jedi when Mando trips the backpack of the Marshall, he flies off like Fett. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. I love that so much. These are all really good things here. So this was directed by, was it Rick? John, I think, isn't it? Was it, I thought it was Rick. Yeah, I, is it I think John? it was written by, directed by, it was one of those. Yeah. Really? John's on I know it was, I know it was written by Favreau. I know that for sure. Yeah. He wrote almost all the episodes, I yeah. believe. So uh, Derek says a nice long story with confident directors. It's really fantastic. Yes. This is very true. This is very true. So, Let's see here. Longtime listener, I have no expectations for Chapter 10. Either do I. I'm ready to rock on Chapter 10. Um, Favreau did direct this. Speaking of Favreau, who all watched Friends? Like the, like was the, the UFC show. fighter, Pete. Yeah, all I could think was about Pete. was yeah. the, the boxing <laughs> scene. And- he was also a wrestler in... Um- or like a brother that liked in wrestling in four Christmases with Vince. Yes. Yeah, he's an MMA he's, fighter. Yeah, yes. he's been he's done those so kind I of things. He was in um, the replacements. He was the linebacker in the replacements. Yes. He's done a lot of characters like that. I love like, him. Yeah, but like all I could think of was the Friends episode with like yeah. the, the boxing and stuff. I was like, ah, oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what Pete. do we think? What do we think is going to happen next episode? We're about to ready to wrap this uh, react show up. What do we think is going to happen, Kevin? You're on the spot. Yeah, I'm on the spot. I sure am. Okay. I haven't given this an enormous amount of thought. So I'm going to say they're going to go back to the ship. They're going to hop on the ship. And then we might get to see Mayfeld again. That's Bill Burr's character. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Complete spitballing. Probably won't happen. But it would be interesting because I do think he's going to come back. We know that they're safe. They got out. Yeah. Um, So it'd be interesting to see them again. And honestly, the scope of this episode and just how many people were involved, like just in in terms of like the cast, leads me to believe that this is just going to be a much bigger stakes season. And it has to be. That's how these shows work, right? But um, it would be interesting if we kind of got like some kind of an, uh, I don't know, a group together. We'll call them the Revengers and we'll get, uh, you know, revenge on the Empire. (laughs) I mean, that would be cool. That right, and then you get an Avengers moment, but then it's just you know it zooms in on Din, and she's like, "This is the way," and then everyone's like, "Ah!" And then you know Moff Gideon's like, "Got the dark saber." <laughs> then I don't know. <laughs> then I don't know. That. At this point, I'm just it. playing with the figurines in my brain. So. Yeah. yeah. And then Korg shows up and says, "If off, ghost." <laughs> <laughs> Good point. This this episode felt very action figury. Yes. It felt like it felt, felt like, like a video game. Yeah, it felt like Favreau playing with action figures. And you're right. There was a video game element to it for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I would say that's I, this episode 
and the first episode in season one both felt like a video game so so much yeah yeah and i play like so many games i was like oh this could this would be great in terms of a story driven game because you got an objective you go do the thing it serves a story you go back you do another thing and it's just like side quests all over the place which right. i know some people are annoyed about i don't i'm fine with it. <laughs> i just anyway. don't have time for side quests but uh so I'm excited to hear what Mr. Josh thinks for the next chapter. What do you think's going to, where do you think this journey is going to go next week? Um, well, uh, I think we're going to see Ahsoka and uh, <laughs> Bo-Katan. And I honestly, I have no idea. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like it ended up being that Boba Fett was the only one of the, all of those casting rumors. Well, I, I, obviously yeah. with the exception yeah. of, uh, Tim Timothy, but uh, I I you know we we don't get all that, but I you know I really don't know. Like I was really surprised that they they brought Boba out on episode one, and so now I don't I don't know what, where we're gonna go. I I know that's not good content to say. I don't know, but oh, no, I, I don't that's really okay. have a. I'm not sure. Like he has to find more Mandalorians. Yep. So, yep. but I don't even know. So that might lead us to Bo-Katan. Actually, honestly, um, I don't yeah. know. No, I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> it's okay. No, that's that's what this react show is all about. It's just it's fresh in our minds, and I know I'm looking forward to the next episode. Maggie, what do you think is going to happen in chapter ten? I have like this whole idea in my head. So, like, <laughs> let me see Let's if I can it. like get it all. Okay, so I think he's going to go back, and he's going to team up with grief and mm-hmm. um, the person whose name shall not be mentioned. And I think that that's going to lead them onto the ship scene that we saw in the trailers and I think that's going to lead us to Sasha Banks character but I think somewhere along the way somebody's going to like be following them and you're going to think it's the Sasha Banks character but it's like maybe another bounty hunter that like saw them or like somebody tipped them off and so I think Sasha Banks character is going to show up and like save the day and like seem like like be a fake out and think they're going to be the bad one but they're like take them in and maybe that will like be a gateway to other Mandalorians Mm. So that's like my big brain, like really end up theory based off the trailers. And so I'm, I'm on the same wavelength. I think Sasha Banks is one of the Mandalorians that discarded their armor at the end of the, the season. And Din Jaren has no idea because they've never seen their faces. Exactly. And, and Din yep. does not believe Sasha Banks, that she was a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting team of sorts. Yeah, and it's going to be like one of those things where he has to trust her because like somebody's pursuing them and he has to yep. think about the child and she's just like, you have to follow me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm taking you to this like underworld. Does everyone think that Sasha Banks is going to be a Mandalorian? Or was a Mandalorian at some point? <sighs> I, I don't. Or, or is, Sasha Banks, is Sasha Banks Boba Fett? Just oh, asking for the That's internet. possible too. Okay. That could happen too. No, she's Ahsoka. We told you that already. No, I thought that was Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison plays Ahsoka, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley Eckstein gave her blessing. She was like, That's yeah, right. no, Tamora, I know you're going to do great. Confirm. You look the part. I mean, it's great. Confirm. So. Hashtag Bantha Bomb. Um, so Sasha Banks <laughs> as Ahsoka. Very cool. I just yeah, think no. she has to be a character that fights. Like She has to yes. be a physical character because it would make no sense otherwise for the casting. Yes. Although I, so I, she was on a wrestling podcast recently. Um, that I listen to and it's not the podcast, not about wrestling. It's just like wrestlers talking. And she said that the place that they found her casting found her is not from wrestling. They, they contacted her after seeing her on hot ones. Oh, really? That's how they discovered her. 
So Lots she's on she's on cable <laughs> every week for you know years, and then they see her on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Well, huh. I like hot ones. Justin, do you like hot ones? Oh, yeah, I like. I don't even know what that is. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what the wings show on is. YouTube? Where do, where it? do you where do you think this story is going to go? Oh, the wings, the wings, yeah, the wings. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I haven't watched it. Now that you put the two together, I have yeah. like I understand what that is. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, I I I'm with Maggie. I think the next shot you see is them. He's going back to whatever that planet was to grief and Kara and going, Hey, mm-hmm. I found this Laura, armor. Yeah. yeah. I found this armor. It's Boba Fett's armor or it's, it's another Mandalorian's armor. I need to know whose it was and try to track this person down. I think. Oh, damn. And okay. yeah, I don't think he knows who okay. he is. I don't think he knows who he is. Oh, but he knows it's, no. he knows it's Mandalorian armor. Yep. He needs to find out who it is. So he goes to them Basically to say, I need to find the armor or somebody within my culvert somewhere that I can track down. And they say, well, we think we know one of them went here. And that's when he goes and yes. finds Sasha Banks, who, yes. to your point, was yes. maybe a Mandalorian. But now that she's got her armor off, you can't tell. Um, that kind of thing. So I, I think he's trying to track down who that armor belongs to. I think it would be really interesting if instead of going right from armor to Tamora as Boba Fett... You went from armor, and they, you know, we have carbon dating here on Earth. We can figure out mm-hmm. how, uh, how old something it's is, true. and we find yeah. it in a place we know that's where it was. But in Star Wars, it's Star Wars, so they can probably have like something more advanced where you could figure out where it came from precisely, too, right? Yeah. So, yep. what if we find out where that armor came from before Django had it, and we go and we find like the tomb of the original owner or something? And then it leads us all around. So then you get some Mandalore history in there too. Yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah, I I think we all would love that. I think we all. There's a Taika Waititi feature film for you right there. (laughs) That would be crazy. Because to your to your point, like if you can date it, right? mm -hmm. Like if she if she can look at that armor and go, this was made, you know, 17 years before the Battle of Yavin, or 30 years before the Battle of Yavin, right? Then you know that that Mandalorian armor was in the time period of the Jedi. Yep. Right. So mm. whoever's armor that is knows who the Jedi are or what they are and might be able to oh help goodness. direct the child oh to the Jedi. Because we Where know are we the story we, group. Come on. We, <laughs> right, come on. Yeah, bring us on. Uh, so speaking of that, I predict that we're going to see Ezra and Thrawn and next week's episode. Ooh. We're going to get. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all going to be circled in. Sabine's there. Ahsoka's there. Kathleen it's going to be Kennedy. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're going to have Dave Filoni in a Gamorrean costume. It's going to be <laughs> wild. Chapter 10. I'm here for it. That's your scoop. Uh, little boys on stuck internet. her in as a background character somewhere? Has she no, been in anything? I don't think so why cool. not like kathleen kennedy like oh, I don't know. I'm, like put me in as a background character yeah, somewhere like right? super secret right like nobody knows like i think well, obviously like she movie. hates star wars so they don't want to put her in it <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> i think that'd be like the biggest easter egg if she dropped one day that i am in star wars i am an alien somewhere i'm in a background scene maybe she's already done it and we just don't I know. know i know yeah. that's what i'm saying maybe. Like, i've never heard anything like that so maybe maybe she on. was a gamorian maybe she was a maybe she's boba fett 
make she could be Boba Fett because you heard Boba it here Fett first, is guys. Alive. Kathleen Kennedy is Boba Fett. It's confirmed. Boba Fett is alive. I'm just very excited about this. So everybody, thank you for having this roundtable discussion. Kevin, thank you for joining us. This was Absolutely. a blast. Everyone in the chat, uh, this Dexter has been Jester great. reference. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we do have yes. a Dexter Jester reference in the chat from our good friend Scott. Right up his alley. Carbon dating yes. in Star Wars is Dexter oh, Jester. Oh, you know. Live action Dexter Jester. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. So here we go. We're going to... Uh, we're wrapping this thing up. This has been a blast. Maggie, I want you to give out the details on the the fundraiser again for everybody. If you don't know, real quick, if you donate $40 to this fundraiser, I'm going to send you a t-shirt. It's a really awesome t-shirt. I'm just saying. Yeah, it is. It is. You can go to my Twitter, which is Maggie of the Town. My pen tweet is the tweet from September talking about the fundraiser. You can click that link and it's on GoFundMe. Super easy to set up an account or you can do it anonymously. Everything is super easy to do. Um, any amount really counts. But if you uh, donate $40, you get that really sweet shirt. And Very I'm just soft. saying, like, Celebration 2022, oh, we should all yeah. do, like, a big photo shoot. Oh, just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. So if you donate $40 to the charity from now until episode three, I'll send you a shirt. $100 will get you a hoodie. So please donate if you can. Kevin, what's going on in your world, man? Where can people find you? Where can they find you on the Internet? I'm still on my social media handles at Funklord underscore Vader. I'm taking a bit of a break from social media, but I'll be back in full swing soon enough. I got some big stuff planned. So I like it. I like it. Very cool. You can find me. I opened up my Twitter again. I opened up my Twitter again. I'm Whoa. public. Yay. Yay. At no one is Chris. I'm very excited. Please join me and don't be a dick. At no one is Chris. <laughs> Please. Uh, let's talk Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett is alive. <laughs> poor microphone. Your, your neighbors are like, what is happening over there? <laughs> What's going on, man? I'm so excited. Josh, where can they find you at? I'm Josh, and you can follow me at Battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. Love it. And Justin, where can they find you at? You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Love. Very cool. Very cool. So we are all over the internet, if you all don't know. And I'm going to be posting tons of Boba Fett stuff as the season two continues on. We are going to release this pod or this video as a podcast on our on our podcast channels. You can find us at StarWarsFriends.com. Our social media is at SW Friends Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email the show, show at StarWarsFriends.com. Hang out with us every Friday. We're doing this every single Friday. Next week, our special guest is Ross Sambridge, who played a body double for Snoke and a Wookiee in Solo. So Star Wars actor Ross Sambridge. Kevin, do you do a Snoke? I barely. That I don't want to. I, I like my throat where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. So we, uh, yeah, and I, I like where it's at too. You got a, you got a beautiful voice. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, Ross Sambridge is going to be joining us for next week's episode of the Razor Crest React on the Star Wars Friends podcast. Very excited about that. This is the way. This is the way. The way. This is the way. Everybody, thank you so much. Hang in there. Wear a mask. Don't hug your friends, but verbally hug them. Show Boba them love. Fett's back. Boba Fett is back. <laughs> Later, y'all. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Really appreciate it. Have a good night.